When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey. Hey. What'd you think? About what? Did, did you get my text? Oh. Welcome to another episode of Did You Get My Text? I'm Meredith Salinger. I'm Pat Oswalt. Welcome, guys. Oh, we've been texting each other, even though we've been pretty much home. So much has been going on. Um, we're going to try to keep this one light because the world is in a very dark place right now as we speak. Uh, so if you want uh, darkness and weirdness, maybe check out uh, Chapo Trap House or Hacks on Tap. Uh, <laughs> we're going to be talking about the most inconsequential nonsense we can possibly think of. Um, I uh, texted you a picture. I don't know if you got it. I, I think this is one of many pictures I've texted you over the months and years because this is kind of an obsession of mine. Uh, it is a picture of an interior of a Taco Bell in the 60s and 70s. Did you get that thing that I texted you? I did. Okay. I know that... I don't want to get into like conspiracies or, you know... Uh-oh, I MK think a conspiracy is coming. mind control stuff. Uh-oh. But, why, and we've talked about this, why, what was the push in the 60s and early 70s to have everything beige, orange, yellow, brown, and orange, yellow, and variations of those colors? <laughs> yes, it's, it's true. Like this, this interior Taco Bell picture that I sent you, not only is all the design orange, the uniform is orange with like a white and brown stripe on it, and the woman who is the customer. Um, well, she's wearing kind of like a, a, a white and then a brownish green checkered white shirt, but it's just brown on brown on brown. It's all brown. And this is not like a sepia camera that made it look faded. You know, like some some snapshots of Polaroid from the 70s looks faded so the colors are muted. No, these are the colors from that era. What was the thing? I don't know, but I had wallpaper and a bedspread that was yellow and orange. I think there was green in it. It was a thing back then. That was the color scheme. Those were the, you know what? Oh my gosh, you sent me something else. What? You sent me a thing about the Pantone color of the year. The new, I did not know that they had picked their color of the year, but they picked it for 2021. And not since 2016 have there been two colors. It was a tie. It was like, what were the well, two colors? Okay, before we get into the, we're, this is going to lead into the Pantone thing. Oh, okay. But what I'm saying is, did that did the brown, the yellow, and the orange, did that affect people's moods? Did that affect how we made the decisions that we made as a nation back then? Because there was this time in the mid-70s where we were okay with movies like Rocky and the Bad News Bears where the hero doesn't exactly win, but they just kind of, like, like it's almost like we had embraced our post-Vietnam post-Watergate, depression and shame, and we're going to live in that color, that color of shame. That said, that color is also 
nature. It's like brown dirt and the sun and but okay. and, and and people in the 70s they had long blonde hair and they rode horses. Okay, here's the, but, <laughs> right? <laughs> well, they wrote a so, they wrote a lot of songs about horses in the 70s. They there was did. a lot of songs about horses. But okay, but what I'm saying is yes, it's the color of nature, but it's the color of a very specific phase of nature, which Dark. is the autumn when right. things are beginning to die and go back into it the earth like and rot and feed the spring that is yet to come. But we are living in the autumn. We are living in the death of things. It's kind of like the late dusk 70s where the sun's going down at the beach and there's yeah. a yellow and the sand colors and things were natural. Things are very bright and blue and red now. We were okay with letting things wind down back then is what you're saying. Things because, were slower. But then, because then- It's a it, slower color. Like back then there was always quicksand too. And that's slow. Yeah, although I, I can't tell you the number of Has TV shows- Has anyone ever seen quicksand? I know we've talked about this Well, before. I know that quicksand exists, but apparently it's not a danger. You like, At most you go up to your hips and it's annoying. And then you just kind of wade to the side and go, okay. Like, eh, all right, that was a bummer. But like, you know, th- what, what I'm saying is, then right afterwards, we're suddenly in the early 80s and everything is neon. like neon blue. And it's that, it's that um, oh, who's that guy that, that did the uh, Duran Duran cover um, uh, for Rio? He, he was a really famous artist. He was like the look of the 80s. The neon, the black blacks, the white whites, the neon colors, all that chess king. What the hell was that guy's name? This is going to drive me crazy. And everyone, I know there's a lot of people listening going, I'm that guy, but he, it was this very specific look. So we went from, but we went from like accepting that, well, things are just kind of winding down to this artificial, no, we're cranking things up and things are awesome. Yeah. They went from dull browns to neon orange. Yeah. But what I'm saying is we didn't segue naturally out of the autumnal fall colors into nice spring colors. We went from the autumn and things rotting into the earth right into a nightclub where we're just coked out of our minds and everything's way too bright. Well, it seems like things kind of are the opposite of the thing before them. So if it was singer-songwriters in the 70s and then it became like pop crazy disco in the 80s. So New it, wave, it, all that it stuff. It was like, thing, yeah, we have to get out of it. It's And punk too. We have to shake ourselves out of what we were just in and we, you know, everybody has a retaliation against the thing before but is the is the is the choice of colors reflecting the mood of the people or are the colors affecting the mood of the people I would say it's an equal combo man Really Yeah All right because then that led me to I had read a, a few years ago about how Pantone uh, releases their colors of the year uh which is very interesting to me it's a, I guess they're a paint company or a decorating company or a design company It's a paint Pantone or paints they sell paint Well they pick a color of the year and this year uh, not since 2016. Uh, this year is there's a tie. Usually they just have like one color, like basic red or, you know, the color of 2000 was like this aqua blue. That's the color of the new millennium. The color for 2021 is a split between Pantone uh, number 17-5104 ultimate gray. And it is a very, like when I say ultimate gray, it is the the epitome of gray. It is a deep concrete gray color matched with Pantone 13-0647 Illuminating, which is the most yellowy, um, not quite psychedelic, but bright yellow in juxtaposition to this gray awful, which, and, and they said that they 
chose them out of the hope that these two extremes could work together. Like maybe that's where the world is right now. And that's their hope for the world that the extremes can work together somehow. Yeah. All right. Great talk. Um, no. We'll be right back after this. <laughs> Stop. Message. I was trying to find <laughs> while you were talking. Yeah. I was trying to find what was the color of the year, the year I was born, which was 1970. They've only been doing it since 2000. Oh, well, then I wouldn't find it now, would well, I? Yeah, that might have been something you might want to do before the show. But um, I, didn't, I didn't know you were going to talk about that. But I sent it to you. That was one of the things I texted you. Yeah, but we text a million things. How do I know what we're going to talk about? The only other year they've had a tie was in 2016, and that was when uh, 2016, which, by the way, was the year that stuff really started going wrong, in my opinion. Um, the two colors were Rose Quartz and Serenity, both a very a beautiful pink and blue Um uh, but that was, again, I think that was aspirational uh, based on where the world ended up going. Rose quartz is a pretty color and it represents love. Well, exactly. But what I'm saying is to have that be the color for 2016 is brutally ironic oh. for what ended up happening. Uh, yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? What and also serenity. The well, well, the color should have been Cheeto orange, I think, is what was coming. Well, it's weird how now it, they've, they've, they've chosen this really brutal gray and this really bright vivid yellow. Because we're in a juxtaposition of trying so hard to have hope and happiness yes. while combating the well, horrible pandemic almost, hell that yes. we are in. It's almost like they're hoping some color or sunshine will sprout from the cracks of this horrible gray wasteland so that it's, we find So it's a hopeful in. scenario. It's very hopeful. But now, that being said, what do you think the color for 2022 will be? I just hope it's a bright blue, babe. But if... Okay, let me put it this way. If Pantone, let's let's just suppose that if Pantone chooses a color and it can influence the way that we go, bright blue, rather please. than a color that reflects what's actually going on. Yeah, bright blue, please. Bright blue. Yeah. Like a basic blue or a sky blue or what? Just whatever the happiest, brightest blue is because it's like the sky has cleared. There's no more global warming pollution in the sky. Let's just get things happy i would like uh it to be either a peaceful or a malevolent cosmic green symbolizing that in 2022 that's when the aliens land and they are either <laughs> here to help us they're actually here to unite us as a people or they're also here to unite us because they are aggressive and violent and we finally put all of our bs aside and and join together to fight aliens that's me being very aspirational i know that we won't i know that we will that it'll get politicized the same way that COVID and everything else has been politicized. There'll be, so, you know, God help us, but I hope that there is either way, good aliens or bad aliens. At, at this point, I'll take either one. Honey, I find it very interesting that you, you want this, you're, 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 you're focused very heavily on this alien thing and or paranormal thing. And it's very interesting because mm -hmm. our podcast last week, mm -hmm. You were talking about, you You said you were filming on the Queen Mary mm -hmm. and that you hadn't had a paranormal experience. You've right. never, you've really want, you really want to have one. And then you said, but you don't want to call it in with the Ouija board or anything like that. No. You just want to have one. And you said that you were on the Queen Mary where it's very uh, supposedly haunted and you were there and nothing was happening. But you texted me that in fact something did happen. Would you like to tell everybody oh, about what happened? Yes. Okay. And again, I didn't get to witness this, but someone, one of the, the DP saw this. So they were, they were shooting a scene and um, it's near this grand staircase and they were 
placing the actors and they were checking. They always, if you ever film stuff, they check for reflections. Is the camera crew being reflected in a window, in a mirror, whatever? And they were um, uh, saying, oh, there's someone, I think this crew up at the top of the stairs or shadows moving around at the top, like uh, on the wall, mm-hmm. back of the stairs. Um, and then one of the writers went, let me go up and check. Maybe they can't hear us or whatever. And then he went up there and and then came bed down very, very quickly and said, well, there's no one up there. Um, mm-hmm. After they had seen on the monitor that there was figures there. moving around, there were shadows yeah. moving and around. Did the sound people hear something up there as well? Is the it- sound people did not hear anything, um, but the DP and the Video Village people all, all, all of them. I didn't because I was over in my because I was trying to be distant from everybody. Um, yeah, because you're one of those people who. You're one of those actors, man, who has to stay away from people. Don't look at them in the eye, people. No, I'm one of those people that does want to get COVID. Oh. So um, they were, um, they, they, had us all spa- they had us all spaced out. But um, there was a little group at Video Village and they all, saw, oh my God, I totally forgot about this. They saw movement on the monitor. Something was going on up the stairs. And then the guy went up there and came down and went, well, there's no one up there. There's no one so there. So I don't know what we saw. So maybe they filmed, some, maybe they caught something on camera. What, and I know you wanted to be part of that. But I wasn't, I, Yes, but you were of, at the place where they were filming where there were ghosts. I, what I'm saying is I've never seen anything. I know, but I was 50 feet away from them. You were adjacent to a scenario. I was adjacent to a scenario where a large group of people confirmed that they saw something. What I'm saying is I didn't get to see it. Because you know why? It goes back to my theory. I'm not vibrating on the frequency where I get to see that stuff. In I don't know. Are. I think something's coming your way and it's going to be really scary because you've been saying it and saying it and saying it. And now they're like, well, we really have to prove it to them. So- Do you think that maybe I'm, I'm so, I'm on this weird paranormal extraterrestrial kick because I feel like this world right now is so limited and finite in terms of what it needs to move forward that, that we need some kind of huge, um, just, just like, you know, the, there's the theory that that our ancient ancestors ate some ergot or something that like caused hallucinations that helped our brain to develop. We need some kind of intervention, be it cosmic, be it um, uh, from the netherworld, something to kick us forward because it just seems like we're our wheels are just spinning in the mud right now. That's what it feels like to me, Aww. and it makes me panic. Hmm. So, and in my panic, I'm like, aliens or ghosts, come, somebody, <laughs> someone please. Someone save me from the aliens or ghosts. Of, of reality. I think what you want is someone to save you from the reality of what's actually happening. Yes, and I'm calling I'm calling on monsters and aliens to help us out. <laughs> That's what I'm doing in my panic. Um, when you sent me the Pantone colors, right. I have to tell everybody uh, part of the saga of what you've already heard from last week when I told you we were discussing that I bought my best friend a pair of Air Jordans. Oh, yeah. That were multicolored, crazy Air Jordans. That looked cool. Yeah, like rainbow all over. Sure. Crazy colors. And I told you guys last week that she found some website where they were 150 bucks and not 500 bucks. And I was like, I'll buy them for your birthday. And it was some random website. And you were like, oh, it's a scam. It's a scam, right? Telling you. Right. So anyway, the package arrived at my house and I was going (laughs) to wrap them up and give them to her. And I opened it up and the box was weird. It was like crushed. I don't know. It didn't look like a Nike box, but whatever. I, she came home. But there's a Nike symbol on the box. Well, and then again, anyone can slap that on there. There's a Nike symbol on the box. I opened it up. It looks good to me. She comes over. I'm like, here are your Air Jordans. I was so excited to give them to her. And she opens it up and she goes, are these, are these fake? 
And we were like, oh my God, we're examining them. And instead of the leather top, it's like foam. And instead of instead of like it's supposed to be suede, it's like felt. And she I'm no. like, I'm like, try them on, try them on. She's like, these are the most uncomfortable fake shoes I've ever. So we did a photo shoot with her. She she was in her bathing suit. Yeah. And we do a little photo shoot with her in her bathing suit and her Air Jordans. So uh, we were talking about this. It's a total scam. I had to call my I had to call my credit card. Uh, first of all, what? Before I called my credit card company, I went online. Yeah, because you just you gave your credit card info to some scammy website. Well, I went online to try to return them. Right. And of course, it's like if you want to return them, please email us at and it's some random email address. And I emailed. They're I said, already gone. Yeah, there's. It's not a customer. It's a service. medicine show. Exactly. It's nothing there. Right, and there's no customer service no. number, and there's no email, and there's no return. Like, it doesn't say return your item to this address. It just says, if you, when you return, you pay for your own shipping. But there's no return thing. I tried to get... Anyway, long story short, called American Express and was like, this is counterfeit. Can you please help? Yeah. And they're going to dispute the charge. But they do look cool, like, if you're oh. just looking at them from afar. So I was talking with Ever. <laughs> you're far away. And you're, I, you're in pain wearing them. But well, if someone is 100 feet away from you, they'll go, nice. Listen, I don't know if she was in pain wearing them. She just said they weren't that comfortable. So, and they're fake. So I was like, well, do you want to keep them anyway? And she said, no, I can't wear these. And I said, maybe I should, maybe I should give them to a listener. Oh, so I thought, I'm going to post a picture of my friend just doing a quick modeling thing in her bathing suit with these really cool looking Air Jordans. They're a size ladies nine. Mm-hmm. And any listener who wants them... Uh, leave us a message on the speak pipe and if it's yeah. charming and adorable and we play it on our uh, podcast and answer a cool question, also leave your address and I will um, send them to you. Uh, if, if, you, if, you if you're if you listening to this right now, go to my Instagram, go to Meredith's Instagram, go to the Did You Get My Text Instagram, uh, the photo of Ever, uh, your friend in her horrible non, in, in her uh, fikey shoes. <laughs> the fake fi- In her fikeys. Fikeys. Her fikeys. That'll be up, and then if you really, really want these, uh, we'll we will please take them off our hands because they're also probably full of spider eggs. No, they're not. They're totally <laughs> cute from afar. So if you want to do a cute photo- from afar, <laughs> if you want to do a photo shoot wearing like like ooh, look at me in my cool Air Jordans. Yeah, feel free to do a photo shoot in them. I don't know if you want to play basketball in them. We're gonna try to balance out the universe. Uh, Meredith got scammed. We will mail these to you for free. Leave something cute on the speak pipe. Yeah. Um, and we will be right back. Okay. So, uh, Meredith. Yeah, Patton. Uh, obviously, we, we try to avoid politics on this show, but I had to text you this thing, this clip that I'm going to have Kyle actually play uh, right before we talk about it. So let's throw to the audio of this clip. This is uh, Louis Gohmert talking about the dangers of windmills and solar farms uh, and the the dire threat that they uh, pose for the future of America. Give a listen. But some of the crazy things in it, let's plant flowers on the side of the road. Let's study impact collisions between animals and humans on the road. What about the windmills? The windmills kill so many birds, and yet they're taking us toward the Green New Deal. Yeah, well, and another part of that Green Deal is the huge solar farm that they have out on the border of California and Nevada, thousands of acres of concave mirrors that 
magnify the sun toward three towers, heat up the, the liquid in there and turn turbines. But uh, they weren't anticipating that there would be hundreds and thousands of what they would call flamers because when the birds fly through, if they survive the windmills, then they hit that magnified sun, explode in flame, and down they go, bird guts all over the mirror. So that takes some cleaning up. This is the green stuff that's just out of control and is going to bring the nation down. It's amazing to me how much he cares about birds. Yeah, he suddenly is uh, Johnny Appleseed. He's Yule Gibbons. He worries so much about the... Uh, little birdies. The little birdies. But um, this is going to bring our whole nation down, these little birds? Well, and I'm also, sorry, by the way, flamers. it's not true. The, the flamers. <laughs> yes, well, Lindsey Graham has said that the flamers will bring... They really will. ...the world well, to... Look, okay, when I hear people like Louis Gohmert, who, he, he yes, he's a... He's a big bucket of bolts, but clearly th these people are saying things. And, and keep in mind, he's on OAN when he's saying this. And and early in the well, clip, is OAN a OAN a is like is like Fox News but on meth. But is it a religious network? No, it's it's just beyond conservative. Beyond it's like it's everything. It is it's a little bit religious, but it's more like crazy conservative, like Newsmax. Oh, for people that think Fox News is too liberal, <laughs> I'm not kidding. Okay, so but it just seems to me like when, when a when a conservative politician says, well, we don't really know, you know, about, we don't know all the answers about climate change, or we don't really know if evolution is real. Enough. Like, it's so clear that they do know, but they also understand that I I need to appeal to this audience that wants to, it, it's the same thing as like a, like a rock musician that has some hit song that they're just sick of playing, but they're like, these people filled the stadium, they got to hear it, they want to hear the song, I have to play it. So he's got to do this stuff, even though, you can tell he there's no way he believes that birds flying over solar farms will burst into flames and explode and bring the nation down. Yeah. Somehow these birds will explode and that's going to bring the nation down. Like, I don't understand. I want evidence that well, there are birds exploding. First, that first they fly, they, they clear the windmill. It's like an obstacle course, right? They clear the windmill and then they go through the, um, the mirrored sunshine or over them or something and they but but and they explode yeah i mean again he know he's got to know on either he completely does believe this someone showed him you know probably boiled down to a couple of paragraphs it was like, like an elmer fudd cartoon yeah, birds is on fire now or he knows it's bs but he's told his staff like what's something i can say that'll get upset that will make people, make people upset and, and and suddenly we care about birds and animals and nature Meanwhile, you know, we're completely Are they sure there's not like Dick Cheney standing there with a shotgun, like shooting the birds? It's just the perfect range <laughs> for them to hunt. He would need a lot of ammo to do that. But, you know, and, and again, if, if the thing that everyone's talking about, obviously, if they're focusing on Louis Gohmert and his concern for flamers, birds that are exploding and and covering, covering these mirrors with guts, which, come on. Green we guts. Can't, we can't have that. Yeah. But what they miss is the is the anchor at the very beginning is to also listing the horrors of the Green New Deal. And the first thing she lists is there's stuff in this bill like planting flowers on the side of the road. And she says that That's with the same <laughs> level of horrors. And and they she's saying it like you'd say they want to harvest organs from the <laughs> living. Like flowers on the side of the road is 
I, I don't know how you make that into a horror movie. Like, you know, Stephen King's Flowers on the Side of the Road. Well, you know, flowers is a big deal in the Republican Party. They wanted to take them out of the Rose Garden, get those roses out. <laughs> you know, let's make everything stark and... But if you, I mean, if you put the right inflection and intonation on any, like you can make anything sound evil or maybe that's the challenge. Like maybe in the in the producer's office, in the writer's room, in the control booth, they're like... They, they have like a big fishbowl and it's full of benign phrases like pet, petting a puppy. And then for her, they're like, okay, we're going to well, draw the one out. Democrats want to pet puppies. Well, no, they, like they have all these little slips of paper and then every day she's like, it's like an in-office joke. Like you got to reach your hand in there, pull out a phrase. And make and it goes, sound terrible. All right, I got flowers on the side of the road. Okay, make it sound evil. And then she's all right, how much you want to bet me? Like it feels like it's almost just a this game. fun improv game that they're all playing. Maybe, yeah. Yeah. An improv game. So, yeah, again, every time I see that, that was such an extreme example of it, but again, I don't, I don't like people like Lindsey Graham and uh, um, uh, Matt Gates, but some of the stuff, and and I don't believe that they're very intelligent people, but some of the stuff, some of the dumb stuff they say, I know they don't believe, they know better, but they also know their audience and they've got to, like, I just, how do you sell that in your Without, because I could never, you would see in my eyes that I'm like, he doesn't believe what he's saying, but they can absolutely sell that and make people, is that like a, is that a skill level or is that just a psychotic compartmentalizing of, okay, I'm just going to shut off this part of me that cares because I just want power and status. Is there a part that cares? I do, that's the thing. I don't, or it, it, I'm not saying a part that cares but a part that knows on some level that what they're saying is lying, but they're yes, like, but my job depends yes, on selling this. They know all that. I have to absolutely sell this. Of course, because they all got COVID shots and yet they sell <laughs> the fact that it's a conspiracy against uh, everyone to take away their freedom. It's and ridiculous. And they sell it really well. There's never a hitch in their voice. There's no. never a moment like- well, I think about defense lawyers, you know? Yeah. Um, if you're a good defense yeah, lawyer, you true. are protecting your client Obviously, everyone deserves the right to a good defense. Um, right. But there are defense lawyers who you do know that your client is completely guilty and you have to do everything in your power to say, to sound as if there's no way that person did what they did. Yeah. You know? So yeah, that's true. Yeah, I, 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 to, I've known some lawyers who said they've been in trials where, and they know the other, it's not like they're battling the other lawyer. They all know, they got to see each other every day. And they're like, Oh, uh, who's your client today? I was like, oh, this guy's such a piece of shit. I gotta... And then they yeah. started, they go, you're honored, please. How can you, and they just right. immediately switch. Of course, that's yeah. their job. They have to. That's what to. they got to do. So that's their, uh, yeah, but, but but their job, their job, at least a lawyer's, a defense lawyer's job is to help someone at least get a fair shake under the law. A the child only, murder rapist. Exactly. Who's, again, someone who's horrible, but they have to, I that's guess. That's their job. But 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 someone like a Matt Gates, his job is not to help anyone but him. His job is to help himself and save himself. He's his own client. Right, and he's then to, arguing for himself. And then to stand for his party line, which is just to make a division against everybody. But you know what? Politics sucks. So let's move on because <laughs> we solved it. It's bad. But seriously, and also we what we really need to do in the 2022, we need to stop the exploding birds. They're going to bring. America, America down. down. Bird guts are going to be all over our windshields unless we stop solar power and wind farms. <laughs> yeah. And now let's listen to one of our speak pipe voicemails from you guys. Let's. 
All right, so we got another speak pipe message, and I'm gonna play this one. Um, partly I'm playing it because there's an accent. Partly I'm playing it because I get very heavily complimented, and that's really oh, just what sakes. I like. Okay, so just have a listen. Hi, this is Mal. Um, firstly, Meredith, um, you're absolutely just beautiful, funny, lovely, intelligent, uh, and uh, so happy to see you with Patton. He's such a uh, hilarious guy, and uh, you guys make a great couple. Uh, let's face it, this is my question, let's face it, Meredith, you uh, were incredibly, incredibly hot in that Dream Little Dream uh, movie, uh, some of the, the um, dance scenes and whatnot. Uh, just wondering, uh, even though you have the real thing there, Patton, have you ever been caught by um, Meredith um, watching Dream a Little Dream? Love you guys, and um, keep it up. Okay, first of all, love you, you, you guys as well. You just played that for the compliments. Well, My I love, God. yeah, I love the compliment. It was amazing. And you know what? Compliment me, people, and I will play your voice message. Oh, this is sad. But the truth of the matter is, Patton has actually never seen Dream a Little Dream. Mm -hmm. At least that's what he tells me. And I've seen the scene in the gym, the dancing. You saw a scene. Yeah. It, I know. It's Look, dude, it was an <laughs> 80s movie. There's nothing I can do about it. Um but no, I have never caught him watching Dream a Little Dream. I know he's never seen it, and um, it's a bit, it's a bit of a, it's a bit of a upset to me, really. Don't, don't do your accent. And I really now, love please, that guy's God. accent. That's kind of like my favorite thing. So thanks for calling in. Thanks for all the compliments. <laughs> no, that didn't sound really good. Maybe I should watch. We should do an episode where I finally sit and watch Dream a Little Dream when we talk about it. You're gonna make fun of me the whole time. I'm not gonna make fun of you, but I'll probably make fun of the movie. Yes, people easily can make fun of that movie because it it's a confusing movie i don't know if you've ever seen it but it's a little bit weird yeah i, I would imagine anyway um so Patton, do you have to say anything about wanting to see that do you even want to see it i mean i'm eventually i will i just why do you not love me i love you but <laughs> hey look i've made a lot of i've made a lot of not good movies that i'm like hey why haven't you seen um Down desperate pit. but not serious why haven't you is seen... that a real movie oh yeah Oof. Desperate but not serious is a yeah. real movie. Yeah, it's not good. Um, so yeah, that kind of you know, I, you don't have to watch my whole roster. Ovu I couldn't possibly. You're literally in everything. <laughs> There's only like sixty three things of mine. Really? I don't know. That's what it says on IMDb. All right. Well, anyway, uh, that was. I guess so. You guys know how to get your speak pike messages on our show. Um, just tell Meredith how hot she is. <laughs> Or how smart I am, Literally, or how funny just I am. And go, uh, Meredith, you are, are so gorgeous. What are <laughs> what are your thoughts on the situation in the Middle East? Like, just that should be your lead into every single one. I know. Anyway, I love that message. Thank you for calling in. <laughs> Here's one. Let's play it. Hi, Patton. Hi, Meredith. Um, if you could replace every actor except one in any movie with the Muppets, and then you keep one human actor. Uh, what movie would you pitch and which one actor would you keep from that movie and replace everyone else with the Muppets? Thank you. Oh, my God. I love that question. That's amazing. That's pretty cool. First of actually. all, he knows that I love the Muppets. Yeah. Um, and also, that is a question that has been circulating on Twitter that people have already like there's like a thread of that. Oh, that question. went around. But I do have an answer for that. What's your answer? 
I think all the Muppets. Right. Everyone's a Muppet but a human. And who's everyone, the human? The human mm-hmm. is the lead, mm-hmm. Robert De Niro of Taxi Driver. Right. And I think the whole thing should be done with Muppets <laughs> and Robert De Niro should not be a Muppet. I bet he, and by the way, I've seen him on the red carpet kissing some, kissing Miss Piggy. Really? I, yeah, I think he loves the Muppets already. Would Miss Piggy play the Jodie Foster role of the young hooker he's trying to... Uh... Oh, no, she plays the Sybil Shepherd role. Oh, okay. Yeah. So who plays, is a, uh, what's her name, Prairie? Prairie Dawn? Prairie Dawn. She's is, a Sesame is... Street character, although, oh, yeah. Oh, technically, though, she's a Muppet. Technically. So she, she could play. Now, hang on. Here's the question, though. Oh, would they oh be... you know who would be what? Jodie Foster? Janice from The Electric Mayhem. All right. She'd be a great... Okay, but here's my second part of the question. What? What Do you have to replace the other cast members with established Muppets or with Muppet versions of themselves? No, no, no. Established Muppets. The Muppets oh. are the Muppets. So in the so in Tax Driver, like, Fozzie Bear would have the Peter Boyle role, and then um, who would have the Albert Brooks role? Um, uh, Kermit? You would have Kermit in the Albert... Who would have the Harvey Keitel role as the mean pig? Animal! And- no? Well, animals kind of non-verbal. Yeah, but he would be verbal. No, Dr. Teeth would be the Harvey Keitel, the, the uh, Jodie Foster's pimp. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, or Floyd or Zoo. You know, who I would be who would be the guy who would be in the Scorsese role? What? The role that he plays the guy in the back of the cab that, that drives makes him drive him to his wife's apartment and go, that's my wife up there. She's with another guy. Rizzo the, the rat. Wait, the little rat? Rizzo the rat. Look up there. See that? Yeah. You ever see what a 44 Magnum does to a woman's face? Yeah. Yeah, that would be, that would actually be kind of interesting. Wow. Like, great question. I loved it. Wait, did you have an answer for that? Yes, actually. Um, it would, it would be so interesting. I don't know why, because it would make it even more insane. Um, everyone except Jack Nicholson in The Shining. And it's him in this hotel. Or One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. That would oh, be amazing. Actually, that would be cool, too. So who would be... Um, Miss Piggy would be Nurse Ratchet. I don't... Yes. I would almost want, like, Sam the American Eagle no. in drag. No, be really... Sam is too stiff. All right. It's Miss Piggy. She's loose. Okay. I yeah, mean, but, I don't but, mean but loose nurse, like that. But Nurse Ratchet is, is stiff. Yes, That's but, the whole idea. Yes, but it's Miss Piggy. It's a girl's role. It's Miss Piggy's role. Come on. All right. Um, anyway, great question. Loved your uh, voicemail. I loved that. I love the voicemail. Go to our website and click the speak pipe button and record a question for us. And we will um, most likely play it on the air. So we were just talking about Patton experiencing some, well, not actually experiencing. Secondhand. Secondhand experiencing I paranormal. Experienced, I experienced watching someone experience the paranormal. Yes. So it's getting closer to me. It is. It's circling in. It might be. So you were on the, uh, you were on the Queen Mary, mm-hmm. but then you took out some sort of smaller boat and you went through the harbor yes. or something. And you sent me a video of you guys, the crew, the cast and crew on the little little smaller boat you mm-hmm. were on and you guys were all really careful and and not very many people on the boat. No, you guys no, no, all no. had your masks on everything. Oh, yeah, yeah. And then you you were oh. FaceTiming me and <laughs> you went by this huge uh, cruise ship or something with like 8,000 partiers. It looked like Daytona Beach on one thing and you wrote, you texted me this little video of them and you wrote, uh-oh, I'm, I'm, we're driving right by the plague barge. Plague barge. <laughs> I... We, we're, we're pulling out of Long Beach and there's this huge party boat next to us. Everyone music blasting, terrible, like generic electronic music. Uh, everyone's trashed in the afternoon, crammed on this boat, no masks. 
and yeah, and and they're all like waving to us as as our boat pulls out. And I sent that same thing that I sent to you. I sent it to my little thread of comedians that we share stuff with. And Brian Posehn sent it back, but he put Blue Oyster Cult, Cults Don't Fear the Reaper over it, <laughs> over the footage, which was mwah. That was a lot of people on a boat. A lot of people on a boat. And again, it's the Mask of the Red Death. It's just all it is. I just it's like just, that you called it the Plague Barge. I thought plague that was barge. funny. Yeah, right. and then we would we'd be out at sea going, the Plague Barge soon will be, you know, just... It was so um, uh, it was so depressing, but it also felt like these people were. This is happy. this, this is all happy. I have. This is what I have. You know what? They were happy. I want to. I don't care if I die. Like I've never. I didn't think that America would so quickly adopt this. Today is a good day to die, Valhalla, like Viking attitude. Well, they looked like they were having fun. Uh, you know. But anyway, so we're out on this this yacht thing that we're shooting on, and one of the crew guys was talking about, and then I looked this up. And I, I texted you something. Um, there is such a thing. I did not know this was real. It's called a support yacht. A support yacht. When you have a giant yacht, you can't have all of your fun equipment, jet skis, and helicopters, and smaller boats. And you need a support yacht. And support yachts are actual things that um, uh, the super rich uh, have that sail alongside them. They carry all the sailboats, the jet skis the seaplanes uh, that don't fit on the main yacht. And usually they're pretty much the same size as the regular yacht. So it's just like, I just have two yachts and one of them has all the equipment that we need. I, I Why has someone not done a show, a White Lotus style show about the crew on the support <laughs> yacht and their resentment and their, because the people that, especially people that I think work in the cruise ship or the pleasure sh- um, uh, hospitality industry, much like, the world of chefs, a lot of them have pretty shady past or a lot of them have what? a lot of times, a lot of times, especially in kitchens, it's kind of your last resort for someone who has led a wild and unconventional life. That you could can't be a really security guard. Play by the rules. And I feel like a lot of times when you're like, if you're, if he's good at basic seamanship, then I got to overlook this other stuff because I need someone that can run this boat. So uh, are there like weird, like, was this, was there someone on the support yacht that in their mind, they were going to have a yacht company, but then they lost it somehow, and then they got to work on someone's support yacht. And there's all this like resentment and weirdness. Just or a they battle. just they like being at sea, and they uh, that's their job, and they get paid to be on their own support yacht. They don't have to be with the annoying people on the main yacht. They get to have all the stuff, and then they're just there to provide the stuff. It's like the camp counselor on the second boat. And I have to be honest with you, I am not a handy person, mm-hmm. and. I wish, I would love to travel across the country in one of those little sprinter van things mm-hmm. and park and go to and go hiking and do all that fun stuff and or go camping. But I feel like I need a support yacht person to, to follow me to help me like set up a tent and do all that stuff because I'm not married to a camper handyman yeah, but guy. Is it part of that, like we get the sprinter van and then we, we practice with it like a few weekends out and around, like go up in the hills or something. And, and we learn skills as well as go a vacation. I don't know if I... You learn new things. Can you change a tire on a huge Sprinter van? Yes. No, I'm you ch- can't. I drove a moving van from Monterey to Los Angeles, and the the rear right tire, the real the, out, the outer rear right tire blew out, and I jacked it up and put the new tire on. On a big truck? Yeah, sweetie. I, it, it's a, it's Changing a tire is an annoying job, but it's actually not hard. It's just a series of steps you have to do because the jack does all the lifting, and then you just, you know, take the lug nuts off, boom, put the new one on. I mean, it's, it's just, so it's like Legos. 
It's like, it is, it's giant heavy Legos. Heavy, that's, it that's the key word. But it's not like I'm going, how am I going to lift this truck up? There's a jack. <laughs> and, and and when you rent the truck, they show you, jack wheels out here, here's where the support is, you put it up there. And, All right, you know. well, whatever. By the way, it's also, it's a hydraulic jack, you don't even have to pump it. All I'm saying is I would like to go camping or do fun things in the outdoors like that, but I definitely need to be with someone who knows how to do that stuff. Or you teach yourself and you become I don't want to teach myself and be self-sufficient. I, I want to be self-sufficient. I want to go hiking or camping with a bunch of friends, and there's always that one friend who's great at cooking, and there's always that one friend who's great at setting things up, and I'm the one friend who'll be like, I'll babysit the kids and we'll run around and we'll play while you guys do all that. Everybody's got their job. My mm. job is to be the Mary Poppins... And there's got to be the cook guy, and there's got to be the set up the tent guy. And we're, we make a good team. Teamwork. I want to learn how to do stuff. Okay. I always want to learn how to do stuff. So I'm going to sign you up for a handyman class. There's got to be some kind of general, like, how do you just fix things? Because that's something that I used to know how to do in my youth when I didn't have any money, and I had to, like, do my own oil changes. And then just... Like a skill, it just atrophies because I haven't done it in a long well, time. Well, also, technology has advanced. So, that like, is true. an oil change on a car back when you were younger is not the same as an no. oil change today. My 85 Nissan Sentra was you saw what you had. You opened the hood and go, well, there's the engine. Right. You open, now the, you open the hood like, of a car now, it's just smooth. You're like, I don't know what's under there. It's all contraptions. And, it's crazy. And there's a, a motherboard of computer oh, things. Yeah. Like I said, everything has a voice and a brain. And uh, and I don't want to sound like that guy, but you know my my toaster shouldn't be talking to me, right? Come on, people, what's good? Um, I I would like to though see like it'd be an interesting show or movie about the yacht and the support yacht out, and then something goes wrong, and then either the yacht sinks or or the support that like all these weird resentments bubble up in the face of this disaster. I would like everyone to know that we are recording this. In a sweltering hot room that you can't even breathe because uh, the sound is better in here than elsewhere. But we don't have any AC in here right now, and I'm dying. Just thought I'd share that. Well, while uh, <laughs> while Meredith rehydrates, we're going to take a break, come back with some recommendations, and bid you a fond farewell. So stick around. <laughs> guys um so we have recommendations to tell you about and Pat and I wanted to do like a little sting for all our recommendations and before you hear the sting listen to us trying to record the sting this <laughs> this is how Pat and I um deal with each other on a daily basis enjoy hey guys okay we're gonna do a couple all right um so we'll tell you what we like, what we really. <laughs> Hang on, let Are me you do, do it with me. Yeah, well, let, let me just do the, the opening, and then you you okay. kick in with the song. Okay. Ready? Um, now it's time to give you some recommendations. Yeah, tell me what you like, what you really really like. The very rare six spice girl cat lady no, spice. We're not, that's too long. You just it's, it has to be just a quick sting. All it's right. not a segment. <clears throat> it's just a sting. It's got to be like a little joke in there, though. No, it just has to be a quick sting before the recommendations. Okay. That's all it is. Okay. All right. All right. So. Um, do it again. Okay. And now it's time for Patton's Picks. Okay. Uh, and now it's time for Patton's Picks. Yeah, tell me what you like, what you really, really like. <laughs> they can keep the laugh. <laughs> okay. One more time with the laughter. Ready? <laughs> yeah. Okay. And now it's time. Whoa. <laughs> Shit. Hi, Emily. I'm good. How are you? One more time, then I got to go. Ready? 
Okay, now it's time for Patton's picks. Yeah. <laughs> One more time, ready? Yeah, but I also, okay, yeah, do that. Or how about say, now it's time for our picks. Go ahead. Okay. And now it's time for our picks. Yeah, we're going to tell you what we like, what we really, really like. Wait a minute, wait a minute. One more time, ready? Yep. And now it's time for Did You Get Our Picks? <laughs> That's funny. I'll do it again, ready? Now it's time for Did You Get Our Picks? Yeah, tell us what, fuck. <laughs> what? <laughs> I want this whole thing to be the singer. Yeah, tell us. We'll tell you what we like, okay, what we really, okay, really go, go, like. Go, go. Ready? Yeah. And now it's time for Did You Get Our Picks? We're going to tell you what we like, what we really, really like. Oh We're, we will. Ready? Right. We will tell, tell you what, what we like. Well, no. I'm not singing it. You sing it. You have the better voice. I'm terrible. Shh. Let me do it again. Ready? Go. Now it's time for Did You Get Our Picks? We'll tell you what we like, what we really, really like. Perfect. <laughs> that was good. Yeah. Okay. That one. Okay. Okay, hey, guys, let's get some recommendations down for comic books, books, movies, TV, and music. Now it's time for Did You Get Our Picks? We'll tell you what we like, what we really, really like. Yeah, tell me what you like, what you really, really like. <laughs> uh, comic books. Just picked up a new title a couple weeks ago uh, called The Me You Love in the Dark. And it is by an amazing writer named Scotty Young, who did a great series called I Hate Fairyland. About basically, it's imagine a girl who falls into Oz, but she's a horrible kid, and everyone there hates her. And they it's like Veruca, to, kind of, yeah. And then she kind of ends up. It's a it's an amazing series. He just started a new one called The Me You Love in the Dark, uh, illustrated by Jorge or Jorge Corona. Uh, gorgeous art. It's a really cool ghost story about a, an artist with creative block who might be being helped out by the ghost in the house that she is renting. Ooh. We will see, but the, the visuals are great. And the way, just the way they, when you reread it, you'll notice that in earlier panels, even though she doesn't see it, there are little indications that the ghost is in the background, like slowly, like getting over its shyness and trying to approach Seriously, her. you're obsessed right now with the paranormal. Really beautiful. Really I'm obsessed with the paranormal. Well, and come to think of that, there's an amazing uh, series that will, I'm sure will be out as a trade paperback soon, but I just finished reading all the issues from Vault Comics, Sarah. Horror comic book company, and there's a, uh, a series called The Autumnal uh, by Daniel Krauss and Chris Sheehan. Uh, gorgeous art about a little town haunted by someone. You will learn to fear the name Clementine Biddle. Oh no! And the and you'll learn to fear the falling leaves and what they mean. Um, I'm not going to spoil it. Very very moody. Well, just tell me what are they Shirley mean? Jackson. Tell me what do the falling leaves mean? Um, I'm not going to say. Why is it's it very like a creepy. very important part of the story? Yes. I cannot tell you what the leaves mean. I will say that it has an ending I did not see coming uh, where, let's just say all is not well. Okay. But, it, but it's an ending. Spoiler alert. But it's great. All right. The way it gets there. So those are my two comic recommendations. Books just started reading. Mike Nichols, A Life by Mark Harris. A big, juicy biography of Mike Nichols. Oh, wow. I'm not even out of his childhood. And this, this guy's life is insane. He was in Germany. They had to flee the Nazis. He, they gave him a smallpox inoculation. It was bad. It, My friend read this book and actually told you to read this book. And when she finished reading it, she called me and she said, it has re-inspired her to be a better actress. And she also took a picture of herself after she finished reading it and sent it to me. And she was bawling. Oh, well. Very, very uh, passionate and fabulous book about his life and yeah. it's an inspiring 
tale. The stuff that he did uh, in in terms of arts, plays, movies, uh, is incredible. But the but the way he had to come up uh, and the hardships he had as a, I mean, again, I'm still in his. I think I just got to his teenage years. He can't grow hair because of a botched smallpox inoculation. Oh. And so he was bald his whole life. He had to wear wigs. Mm-hmm. But it's a good thing he got inoculated against smallpox because now there's no smallpox. So exactly. No, that's what I'm saying. I'm just saying that he just, the, 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 and the family insanity, and it's pretty amazing. Okay, great. Let's hear another recommendation. Um, so that's the book I'm reading right now. Movies on HBO Max right now, and I just did a big uh, Instagram post about this. The documentary Woodstock 99, Peace, Love, and Rage by Garrett Price, who did a really touching uh, documentary called Love Antosha about the late um, Anton Yelchin, a young actor who uh, tragically passed away. Um, but this, is a, this is a chronicle of Woodstock 99, which unfortunately I was at. I have been hired to chronicle it um, I, either by Rolling Stone or Comedy Central Oh my God, were you like the little kid in the movie Almost Famous? At, at- <laughs> no, I was the I was the 30-year-old that after two days um, ditched my crew and just sat in the Buddhist monk's tent near the East Stage and watched them do a uh, mandala, mandala, mandala? San, San mandala painting because I hated uh, the aggression and violence I saw so much and it was so gross. Were you and on I- Mushrooms? No, I was. I was unfortunately no. I wasn't. wasn't on anything. I. I was on. I was on pure uh, loathing. For I would bring back footage of, like talking to pot dealers and and other kooky characters and and the guys. I would bring them back to these old old gross hippies. Would just go get more tits and fights. What? Just get more tits and fights. Wait. There's girls out there topless. Just shoot uh, tits Hold and fights. Hold on a second. You're saying you were hired to. Uh, get footage and discuss it, or what? Do you, no, what? no, no, just shoot footage, and then they were doing like a live. What were you broadcast. like, a cameraman or something? No, I was the guy like interviewing people, and then I had a cameraman and a sound man with oh. me. Oh, and I was roving and talking to people, and I thought, oh, because I'd seen Michael Wadley's documentary Woodstock, which is amazing. Yeah, they have amazing band footage, and they have all these incredible little slice of life moments where they talk to the Porta Sandman oh. and they talk to hippies, and and you just you get a f- whole sense of the era, and it's. Gorgeous. Well, now it's the same guys who would organize Woodstock, and now and now, but now they're all older, and it's all about the these kids aren't buying enough bottled water. Shut off all the water, and oh, they're like shit. they're just horrible human beings. So, what's and, the movie about that you're recommending? Is it? Uh, it is a documentary about Woodstock '99 itself, probably featuring footage that I shot. I mean, there's there's all this different video footage that that all of us were out there. It was not just me. It was like a whole crew of us. They just sent out onto the grounds. This giant, baking, horrible airfield in Rome, New York, uh, and it was disgusting. And um, there were—I I don't want to get into the, the some of the particulars because you, especially Meredith, will get very grossed out. It was—it was the. Why worst. would I get grossed out? Um, well, okay, don't gross me out. Yeah, exactly. What? No, tell me. Uh, well, uh, the let's just be vague say, about it in case it's too gross. Um, you know, oh look at the hippies are all playing in the mud. That oh looks, god, it wasn't mud. Okay, wait a minute. Okay, I'm done. Hey, I, that's I got close it. to the. I got it. I got it. Yeah. I got it. That's disgusting. I'm gonna vomit right now. That's so gross. Uh, there were so few bright spots for me. One was uh, watching the roots from backstage. Woo-hoo. I had never. Questlove, Amir Thompson, um, we love you. But it was great because then Lit and Buck Cherry were gonna go on. And also um, the insane clown posse and all their roadies are backstage being douchebags. And Erica Badu 
did a guest uh, song with The Roots, and then when she came backstage and I was interviewing her, and some guy was you making- You interviewed her? She's talked beautiful. Her. She was amazing, but she just, she turned and looked at this one dude, I think it was like an ICP roadie, and, and like the way, I've just never seen her shut someone down with like this look, like he just kind of shrank. It was she's really- She's a queen. She's a queen. Um, and now, weirdly enough, I kind of love Insane Clown Posse. So, really? Yeah, they're anti-Trump. They 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 take care of their fans. They I think they really? shut down their um, gathering of the Juggalos because of uh, the COVID. Like they actually are they actually walk it like they talk it in a weird way. Oh. They don't talk it very well, but they're also trying to. They're giving. It's almost like they're the good version of Trump, where they are also giving a place for the unwanted and the uncared for to go to, but they're not pointing them towards violence and destruction. They're just like, get together, let's party, let's help each other out, all right? You know, whereas Trump is like, you've been wronged and you need to destroy things. I can't, sorry, I don't even want to talk about him. But I'm just saying this was like the roots of a, the the, the beginnings of a lot of the ugliness in this country were, were at Woodstock 99. Hmm. Like there were, there were, there were 20... There were 20-year-olds there that I'm pretty sure ended up storming the Capitol. Let's just put oh, it Oh, no. Way. Yeah, it um, was The bad. one thing I do like that you posted about, you did post a picture of your calendar showing mm -hmm. that you, in fact, did go to Woodstock 99. Yes, I did. And six days prior to you going to Woodstock <laughs> 99, you put in your calendar a movie that you saw, and it was called Lake Placid, and it starred your wife. And... Uh, I thought you never even knew who I was before we met, but you saw a movie I was in. I went to see it for Brendan Gleeson. I'm going to be totally honest with you. <laughs> I was a huge Brendan Gleeson e fan. You know what? He's the most brilliant. He's fantastic. Awesome dude ever. Um, but you did see a movie that I was in. Yes, I did. And, and, I, and I had a lot of fun. It was a whole me and a whole bunch of comedians. Making we, fun of the movie. We'd go every, yeah. Because, but it was like Lake Placid and there, there's, there's, at that time, there was Lake Placid, Anaconda, and Deep Blue Sea are these three preposterous- But ours was by David E. Kelly, and ours was like cheeky and, and more oh, on the were, satire. Sweetie, these were all cheeky. Have you seen Anaconda? No. John Voight's corpse gets vomited up by the Anaconda. It winks at J-Lo and then collapses. Wait, J-Lo's in that? Yes. John Voight and J-Lo? John Voight and J-Lo. That's a cast. And um, Owen Wilson and <gasps> um, oh my gosh. Uh, Ice Cube. It's cr You've never seen Anaconda? No. Oh, it's so good. My and then, Anaconda and, don't oh, want, oh, I don't yes, know. Exactly. And then Deep Blue Sea also. Those. That's a great triple feature. <laughs> Lake Placid, Deep Blue Sea, and um, Anaconda. Because they all have moments where you're like, are you Like, you're almost cheering like, thank you for being this ridiculous. This is fantastic. Hmm. This is fantastic. And 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 only Lake Placid has Meredith Sounder in the most form-fitting deputy outfit ever worn by a law enforcement official. It wasn't it was it just was a regular form-fitting. No, it was yeah, it fit my form cuz it fit. <laughs> you didn't have that like cut or taken in or anything like you just wore the uniform they gave you. You didn't ask a wardrobe to go, "Could you maybe accentuate what? certain parts of my body?" My body accentuates certain parts on its own. Okay. There's nothing I can do about it. It is a very, it's like if Russ Meyer uh, <laughs> was was staffing a police force. The, that, that's how That's how the uniforms I just look. love that you played a, a sheriff or something in Justified. And a constable. A constable. And I played a deputy sheriff. And <laughs> and we're wearing the same uniform. Essentially, yeah, the same uniform. And we should do a cop show, you and me, because <laughs> we look so good in those uniforms together. Oh, boy. Um, 
So yeah, uh, that that's my movie recommendation. You will not feel good uh, when it's done, but you will also be fascinated watching it. It's pretty fantastic. Uh, there are moments that I was truly shocked by when, uh, of all bands, Offspring is on stage going, maybe don't uh, grab girls down in the pit, guys. They uh, said that? Yeah, they- like they're on stage like, because uh, any woman that walked on stage... Oh. Show your tits. Oh God! Show, and, and like so, in the middle of 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 like Kid Rock and Limp Biscuit, then um, uh, Alanis Morissette has to do a set, and Jewel and um, Rosie Perez like went out and introduced mm-hmm. something, and everyone and she goes, "I ain't showing you people shit." They're just like chanting, "Show oh your goodness, tits." And you can tell she's so, so upset. Not a and, woke crowd. No, and th- so, but to see like someone like The Offspring kind of going, uh, "Guys, could we maybe?" But then. Uh, Kid Rock coming out and being exactly how you think he would be, like just as loathsome as he was then as he is, as he is now. Mm. Just mwah. So um, highly recommended, uh, really amazing documentary. And then finally, music. Uh, let's end on, a, on an upbeat note. Uh, this guy, Morgan Delt, he has a little three-song EP out called Phase Zero, which contains one of my favorite current songs. It's called Some Sunsick Day. It is the most upbeat song about the end of the world i play it constantly my daughter play our daughter plays it i don't know how that goes uh maybe i'll have them put a little sample of this at the end of the episode as we're going out it is beautiful once you when i play for you go oh that song i play it all the time whenever we're driving around sing it um after the blast levels our town we can relax, watch it come down. I've never heard it in my life. Oh, well, I'll play it for you after this, and you'll go, oh, I've heard that a million times. Um, so that is my comic book, book, uh, movies, and music recommendation. Uh, anything that you're currently into right now? I'm currently um, very proud of you for having your list prepared for the podcast. <laughs> I try to get ready for the episodes, baby. I know, you're wonderful. I Come didn't. On. You didn't? You know what? I've been real lazy lately. You know why? Because why? I have so many other things on my plate mm-hmm. that uh, I don't have time to watch or listen to anything of note at the okay. moment. You know what? It's heartbreaking. That's No, that's actually, that's very honest. There have been me some weeks where like, I've been too busy. I am Well, no. it's not that I'm too busy. I have too many things that are stressing me out to focus on the on reading. Okay. And Any or, music you're liking right now? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. There's okay. Nothing, there's nothing I can say other than I'm obsessed with as always 70s on 7. It's my wheelhouse and uh, I love it. You know what? Um I I was working with uh, our friend Wendy McClendon Covey and she uses uh, an app much like um um, Pan Pandora, but it has a different, another name. But her whole thing is, I just goes, I just program seventy songs. That's all I listen to. She and I are very similar. Yes, she goes, that's all I listen to is seventy songs. That's all I want to hear. Yeah, it makes so me she's happy. happy. Yeah. Um. So go listen to some uh, uh, peaches and herb. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you guys next week. We're gonna have all kinds of new stuff. All kinds. Oh, of new and don't forget, please, please send us a speak pipe message if you want those. Fake Air Jordans. They're very, very cute. I don't think you want them. I think they're brand new. All right. And they're great looking. They're just fake. (laughs) (laughs) Let's end on that. They're 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 brand new, but they're fake. Cool man. Thanks for listening. This podcast is a production of Meredith Salinger and Patton Oswalt. In association with Starburns Audio. Executive producers are Cliff Dorfman and Jason Smith. And if you have questions for us, send them to... Hey, did you get my text? At gmail.com.
And don't forget, subscribe to this podcast. It's free and it helps us get to keep making the show. Mm-hmm. Starbanks Avenue, a, podca- <clears throat> a podcast network.